I'm Mary Angela Abeo, creator of the Faces of Fortitude movement, which is a safe space for faces of suicide and mental illness to share their stories and help each other heal. And this is Face to Faces, a conversation series featuring people from all walks of life, exploring the real human emotions we're all dealing with as the world around us rapidly evolves. I'm glad you're here with us. Let's lean in. (laughs) Hello. Uh, Today, I'd love to introduce you to my guest. This is Michael C. Bryan. Michael is an actor, if you can't tell. (laughs) (laughs) I'm peeking. I'm peeking already. Engineer told me not to peek. I got to hold back the laugh. Okay, I'm peeking already. (laughs) We don't want a third act in the first act, people. Go ahead. Are you going to let me get through your bio? Oh, God, I was born nope. talking out of my mother's vagina. I, <laughs> I knew it would be like interviewing Robin Williams, so it's mm-hmm. fine. Um, uh, you're you're coming to us from New York. So. The epicenter, center, 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 center. Yes, yes. I'm coming from yeah. the epicenter. Yes. You've written TV shows, movies, essays, more Facebook and Instagram posts than I can count. Um, <laughs> uh, he's an intel, interpersonal mentor for Fortune 500 execs, professional athletes, creatives, celebrities, entrepreneurs. He's the author of the memoir Creepy Kid, which is the true story about he sur- how he survived an abusive childhood and decades of surviving clinical depression and anxiety. He's the co-creator of the successful podcast Stripped and can be seen in HBO's Plot Against America now streaming. He also really loves his hair and says you can touch it if you meet him in person if you wear gloves. Plot twist, you don't have to wear gloves to touch mine. Oh, uh, that's kind of my hypochondriac, <laughs> and I have OCD, and I'm a Virgo. There you go. <laughs> my fellow Earth sign, welcome. I'm oh, so happy to have you here. I'm so I'm, I, I cannot thank you enough. As you know, we... We're, um, I'm from Seattle. So, of course, when we initially met, I just fell in love with you right away. And all my, you know, memories of Seattle and Queen Anne and Capitol Hill, it just, I, my wild days were all there. And when I um, have too much wine to go to bed at night, I dream of uh, Queen Anne because <laughs> Queen Anne is like my favorite place. Have too much wine and go to bed at night. You mean every night in the quarantine, correct? Uh, no, not at all. Not even in the afternoon. Oh my God! What kind of what kind of podcast is this? Hell, did you hear that? Like, like what time is it right now? What time? Yeah. What's the mic up? I'm it's, not sure. It's like, I'm spiking. It's dark somewhere. Don't spike. Go ahead. No, oh, it's fine. Yeah. So, can I mean we're we're both earthy, funny people, but can you yeah. tell me? I want to do an honest emotional check in. Yeah. Yeah. How are you doing right now? Because New York is kind of it's wild right now. Well, you know, I, mean, I, th- I think it's really important to say that we have to acknowledge that, you know, uh, it's completely normal and it's strange not to have an adverse reaction. I think it's kind of curious people that say that they don't, particularly these spiritual people that are on yoga mats and like, you know, they're like, you know, they're crapping sage and saying they feel so great and welcome the opportunity. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it's great that you're so fucking aware and enlightened. Good for you. Uh, I personally have burned so much sage. I set off the smoke alarms. Um, and on, on the whole, you know, I gotta be honest, all the work I've spent for years figuring out my shit, cause I was a hot mess for so long has helped me to find balance in this. But at the same time, I do find sometimes that I'm boiling, you know, eggs and rolling them across the floor for no reason. And that for some purpose I'm, you know, bleaching my, my 
kitchen floor for no reason. <laughs> so, so on the whole, I do understand because I've studied this work forever, you know, uh, spirituality, psychology, metaphysics, all that stuff that my, uh, passive aggressive father who watched my mother abuse me. Did I put that in there? Um, taught me, but when he gave that to me, uh, it helped me today, all that stuff to really find grounding. So while I'm having some anxiety, I also am surprised by how I'm able to see the bigger picture, even though it feels like we're in the fucking matrix. It feels like we're in a fucking science fiction movie. That sometimes catches me. It doesn't I catch my feel brain. real. It doesn't feel real. No, no. Don't, do you think, and tell me this, because I've talked on a few other episodes with people about this. Do you think that those of us that struggle normally with anxiety and depression are seeing this whole thing differently because there's so many people experiencing it for the first time? And we're like, welcome. This is our world. Well, and maybe- the, the thing is, I don't think, see, the thing is, I think everyone's got it backwards. It's like the movie that says the crazy people are saying the same people are crazy. I think the anxious people are, are the ones with superpowers. We're the ones that have always been gifted. So we're always picking up on I them. love that. You know what yes. I mean? And I've long said that because I was like, there's got to be a fucking reason I was born into that crazy-ass family. And then I ended up feeling the way I am, never fit in, never quite have a crew. I didn't have anyone to hang with because I was so different. And so it was because those of us who have anxiety or depression, there's an amazing attunement. There's an amazing understanding of the underneath. And so we just sense the underneath, but it's only now collectively, you're either going to shake up a placenta and, and enjoy the race. Or you're going to walk around in a placenta sack and blame the world for your unhappiness right now. Cause we're covered in just all sorts of afterbirth. Uh, well, and I was just uh, talking to my partner, Ryan last night about the fact that, we're, we've experienced the the tsunami, but we haven't experienced the aftershocks yet. Oh, no, and we're, the still after- floating, after- we're still floating in the village. We still got our scuba gear. We're like going yeah. eggs, bacon. You know, we're still trying to get around everywhere. But the, the, the wave hit and we're now, you know, that metaphor is so complicated because with the drowning feeling of what this does, you know, and that sort of, no, there's no irony that it's, uh, you can't breathe. We haven't been able to breathe for so long, right? Right. And, right? and that's why this is, this is, there's a, there's a, you're either going to be a nihilist or you're going to be someone that has some sort of semblance of faith saying there's a good reason for this or not. I just can't go. I understand how cool it is to be an atheist. I'm not good at that. I tend to be a little more, I mean, I'm not, right? Let me pierce my penis and say I'm an atheist. Prince Albert and fuck God. But that's not quite me right now. I, I tend to be a little more, oh, I don't know. I think that's kind of cool. And Jesus was hot. So, you know, that tends to be where I go. I mean, the Pope did cancel Easter, so. He did cancel Easter, yes. Yeah, he didn't wash his hands. That's why, poor thing. He washes his fucking feet enough, that's for sure. Well, I just think Jesus didn't want to wake up this year. Who would want to? You know? <laughs> it's a bad hair day. <laughs> it's a, we have Jonathan bad messes, Jesus, anyway, so we're good. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, I I do think that the the world is definitely a different place and it's yes. changing. But I also think there's some, you know, in New York. I please give us a visual of what's happening there because we see what's on the news, we hear from friends. You know, I, I saw someone posted an article the other day about what the hospitals look like there because their family members uh, actually worked at the hospital, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you know, I, I think we're hearing there's so much fear media but all of also a lot of it is very real and it's hard to look at but i think we need to be 
accurate about it. And I want to know what it looks like there and how people are doing because so many of New Yorkers have to live outside their homes because your homes are so small and you do so much outside that this has to be the hardest hit for you guys. Well, we always, you know, it's funny because I was talking to some friends about this New Yorkers and we laugh because we don't, we don't like to be near each other nor touch each other. We tr- avoid each other like the plague in New York anyway. So it's kind of like a Tuesday afternoon to us. It's like, get the frig away from me. You know, we're not really touchy feely people. But I do find it's like this. It's kind of like an awesome like dance song. You know, like the dance song when it's like the DJ sort of puts it low and you're like, you know that song, uh, you know, pump it up. And you're like, that's what you hear in New York. We're normally like, you know, pump it up. You got it. So what's happened is it's like our pulse is threading. And that's what's strange here. We have a threaded pulse in New York. It's like the life of New York, which is tangible when you step out into the street is not there. And, right. it's, and someone said to me one time, I think it was um, somebody was at Melrose. I think it was Bradley Cooper or something. He was standing there and he was saying, it's eerie. And that's what it feels like in a major metropolitan like New York. It's eerie to not see anyone in the street. It's like when we had a snowstorm here once, I'll never forget, I went to Fifth Avenue and I saw this dude in a three-piece suit skiing down Fifth Avenue, only him. And that's what I felt like, except you know, it wasn't like a pandemic. So, right, right. so the difference is the resiliency is here and the strength is here. The life, though, has dissipated from the streets. And yet there is this secret subset of people that I think still don't believe this is real. They think it's a hoax. They think they're making more than there should be. And I know there are speakeasies that are full and places that are full. And because people don't like being told what to do, you know, especially New Yorkers, don't tell me what the fuck I'm going to do. I'll do whatever the fuck I want to do. There's something very uh, interesting in that, and you're not going to make them ever stop. So the sense of community, even though it's eerie here, the sense of community, you know, I remember what someone said to me once in Hell's Kitchen, she's like, you know, a long time ago, you'd walk outside and you'd see flowers in the box. And someone would be like, nice flowers. No one says that anymore. Now, when you walk past New Yorkers, you nod each other in your masks and you wave and the doors are being opened. Something is occurring Something is waking up, right? It's happening in Seattle too. The Seattle freeze is gone. Yeah, yeah. There's a global awakening happening, whatever you want to freaking call it. And you either can accept it and go with it. Or like there's this great piece I saw recently. This guy said, "Beware the huge ghosting coming up, where like you're going to see all these corporations blasting us with this idea. Hey, we're back to normal. Everything's great. Don't fucking believe it. We right. are going into a whole new world coming up, and it's not going to be what you think it's going to be. No, and not only that, but I think what and this is going to be my next question to you was, you know, in all of this, that is one of the many silver linings. But have you found any other silver linings in this? Because I think right now what we're realizing is we can do a lot with a lot less than we thought. Communication well, wise, business wise, yeah. all of that. And now we're like, oh, huh. no, I'll, t- I'll tell you because I'm always, you know, I'm always for the small talk at a party. Why are we alive? Um, for me, it's never like pass me a cocktail. Is there a reason for your living? Um, to me right now, it's more like, like, who the fuck are we? And what do we really want? And what really matters? Because forever, I've always been living like all New Yorkers. I want that thing. I want that acclaim. New York is a very driven town, right? Mm-hmm. To succeed. Right. But if our sense of who we are is attached to that thing, and suddenly all the externals are now yanked away, 
we're being forced to ask, who am I if I'm not who I thought I was in relationship to that external thing? So that's why the awakening that I'm saying is happening, right? This is my church. These are my church hands. <laughs> <laughs> then it's like we are now being asked to question and be okay with not knowing the answer. We don't know who the fuck we are. And that's exciting to me, even though it it's freaks also people out. fucking terrifying. It's terrifying. And I think that as somebody, as an earth sign that is so outwardly vocal, mm-hmm. I love to go to my clubs. I love to have dinner parties. I love to go and go on dates and have these beautiful moments and times. And I don't have that anymore. My therapist is like, this is important for you. Yes, that's correct. This is important for you because you are having to figure out what you need from each of those things and why you can't give it to yourself. And I was like, right. And then you hear how you can give it to yourself. So if the, there's no accident that we have to stay inside. So inside means we have to go internal. So shut the fuck up about what's not working. Stop bitching and moaning that, oh God, I know it's terrible to be on a couch and like look at YouTube all day. Oh, I'm so sorry. Is that that rough for you? Would you like some more cheese and crackers? Right. Just sort of be like, there's a reason that that internal place is the place that we have to learn to live in. And if we don't figure that out now, which is why this is all happening for us, not to us, then we're screwed. So create a life. See, I, I have this suspicion. There's going to be this curve thing, right? So this summer, the one thing we're all going to crave is connection in some form. So any conscious artist, any conscious business person, if you're not creating something that's about connection in some form, then you're, you're kind of a schmuck and you kind of don't get it because that's the point for this summer. You know, we're looking for, we're going to crave connection. It's so you think this is going to go into the summer? I think it's going to go into the fall. Really? Yeah, I was. I'm. Pred- I was predicting end of June. You think into the fall, staying inside? No, I think it's going to be a slow. But I think people are. You know, we on the whole tend to be kind of stupid sometimes. I think we're going to jump out there before we should and do things we shouldn't. You know. Right. And I think that there's going to be a ricochet effect in the fall. So I think it's going to open, 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 and then I think it's going to come back in the fall, and we're going to pissed and moan and groan or whatever and go through this again but i think the ability to harvest oh gosh this sounds very like you know i feel like i'm in santa monica channeling my inner like whatever we gotta harvest (laughs) the big value brandy brandy sit down find your inner being sky with a y sit over there sky with a y Y. um i think the harvesting will be easier than if we understand and we just ask, why the fuck is this happening for us right now, not to us? Like, why is this happening for us? Instead of, you know, and it's, that's not to mitigate what you said. It's terrifying. It's frustrating. Right. It's annoying. I've almost broken my television. I've almost broken my ankle and my chandelier no. working out inside. So I get it. But I, yeah, and I think that this is a holistic self-improvement, find the silver lining approach side of it. But there also is the political fucking mess, unrest classist you know there's a whole side of this that is a whole other podcast interview um oh, but it's a whole you know, unconscious system to think anybody can be con- a conscious politician in an unconscious po- that system is just absurd right nobody right. can be conscious in that system it's an unconscious system it's so oppressive of course you can't be conscious in that system yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well and as somebody who grew up in the age that i did the parallels between this and the aids epidemic and also the the par- the non parallels the fact that it's not being handled the aids epidemic was not handled 
as well as this is. Oh, it wasn't handled well. I didn't know that. I wasn't alive then. <laughs> you must be a little, hey now, a little older. Than I me. was alive, bitch. So. <laughs> oh, no. Baby, I blink and my stockings go up to use a Joan Rivers joke. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I do. I've seen a lot of uh, X Gen and uh, late, know. Uh, you know, young boomers yeah. uh, in in the queer community really upset with the the uh, what's the word um, inadequacies comparing them, and it's it's sad because I don't know how to be there for that. Be there with what you do really well. You do really well being here and being very powerful and grounded now. You know, the only reason I got my shit together years ago was I was able to do this work where I could work with little little Mike when he was younger from the adult perspective of being empowered, right? And when I could do that, I found my power. I didn't apologize so much and he healed. So I think talking about what happened in that horrible time, which, you know, I lived through in Seattle and in New York. So I was right in the midst of it. Right. I was actually a prostitute when it began. So really? the, the fact that I made it through all that is just, you know, grace of God, I do say, you know, sorry, right. atheist, but I do believe that. So then right, right. The, this, this traumatic ricocheting, the, the triggering thing that's happening, I think it's real for a lot of people who went through hell with, with uh, AIDS. It was just, you know, horrible, horrible, horrible. Yeah, I, I agree. Well, speaking of the work that you did do and the work that you do now, mm. how is all of this affecting, you know, all of us are having to change, you know, I'm a photographer and public mm -hmm. speaker and all of my events for the summer have been canceled mm -hmm. except for a few have gone virtual, which I'm still trying to figure out. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I can't take pictures. So that's how this podcast was born because mm -hmm. I was like, I have to connect with people. Extraordinary, breathtaking, spectacular, out of this world from another planet, unreal, brimming with live photos. Yes. Oh, wow. That's thank you. <laughs> That's why we're talking. That's why we met. I looked at that stuff and, you know, you mentioned Robin Williams, but you know that he was, you know, pretty much like a, a, a artistic mentor for me my entire yeah. life. You know, I always aspired, but I could never get my emotional shit together. So when I saw your work and it had such integrity and it was honest and there wasn't anything besides what it was and it shredded away the bullshit and the facade, how could, it, how could an artist not be inspired by that? Thank you. That's sweet. I'm, I felt a little cut off at the knees when I, um, when this all happened, cause I had things planned and I had, I was finally getting some trajectory and you know, I've been trying to work on we that. Talked about this, yeah. And, um, yeah. I was pretty sad cause I was like, I'm finally getting where I need to be. And now it's all canceled. But then I did see that, you know, there was a need still out there for a voice and a place for human interaction because we're all interacting the same. That's the thing is now we've all been reduced to our homes, no matter what your class is, what kind of celebrity you are or aren't or influencer or politician, we're all inside. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. besides like the president who clearly thinks he's immune, but you know, I think that um, I want to know how you've adjusted to this. Cause I've had to adjust so much now, but I love watching people be creative well, I, you know, this is the way I look at it. So look, the answer you're going to get is how people survive and all this. I think what's more interesting is if we all took a step back for a second, there, there, if you take a look at like what happened right before this moment for you, there, there is something that in, I talk to people all the time, like my, my work in this capacity, I work with a lot of people all over the world. So we're always on zoom. So it wasn't really changed much for me. The TV right. shows and stuff, the auditions are hysterical now. I'm like, when are we going into production? I don't know. 
One's in a script. Coming. I know. I read your newsletter online. that you sent out and that was like, oh, wow. Yeah. They're just telling people that. Right. But if you look at, for you and for me and anybody else, there was a very interesting moment right before this occurred where there was a collective sort of energetic push that something that happened before this or something that was supposed to was supposed to go into hibernation and be understood from a deeper level, which is why this is happening now. And I think if we all take a beat and look at something, for you, I remember, I remember when you started to go viral with the YouTube thing. And the TED Talk, right? And it was so powerful and fucking, girl, you fucking knocked that motherfucker out of the park. And it was so constructed but authentic, genuine. There was a, there was a, there was a receptivity where people can hear that or they can't. Mm -hmm. So you're a little bit ahead of your time, right? Well, right. guess what? The world's not going to catch up. Right. So when that's out there, they can hear it now. Right. For everybody, there was a pause. For me, there was a couple major things that happened that changed my life drastically. And in this time now, I have made some major decisions about some major things that if that hadn't happened before this and I wouldn't have had this great luxury of time, I wouldn't have questioned these things. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think there's even some things that happened for me right before that were on a personal level that were really emotional and I kind of saw as downers that now I'm looking at them going, Oh, that's right. I see why that happened. I needed right. A, B, C, and D in line to be able to handle all of this. See, and that's the beautiful part is you don't have to believe in anything I don't think in life. I do feel, though, that there is an interconnectedness that does exist that we are not supposed to understand. It's supposed to be mysterious. Mm. But if you really look at it, especially when you're in moments of despair, it's sort of like makes sense that this would be happening at this moment. And again, you can choose one or the other. And it's not idealistic right. for me saying this. You can either choose right. to say it's for me or against me, but there's always something there for our benefit, even though it can be really, and I'm coming from, you know, my childhood. I'm coming from a place where if I can say right. that, that's hard. Anybody can. Yeah, right. Harder, well, harder. And, I, and I think that we don't see it when it's happening. Most of us, you know, when something shitty happens in our lives, I know with me, I had like a one, two punch and then quarantine a week later. And I was like, Scary. And now I'm looking back going, oh, I'm able to focus on my memoir. I'm able to focus on this podcast. I'm able to look at, really look at the self-soothing issues I've had and things that I've had for me. And I wouldn't be able to do it if it, I didn't get shook a little bit right before. And you wouldn't, and, and you were challenged to come up with the answer. And so it's like this thing that you've seen going around saying, don't stop shaming me to be productive during quarantine. Have you seen that fucking thing? Right? Yes. Yes. And I get it. But the only person shaming you is you. You can just just don't read the fucking article or you right, know, right. Or snooze. It's really that simple. Choose what you look at, right? Yeah, it's kind of like when you read things and you're like, if the shoe fits. It's like not, it's not going to piss you off if it doesn't. There's something in you that is allowing it to right. piss you off. Don't read right. the you article. Know, yes, I had somebody mention something the other day about a mistake someone had made emotionally towards a friend and. Um, how much it hurt them. And I said, well, did you feel like you made the mistake? And they said, yeah, but I'm learning from it. And I said, put a period on it then. <laughs> yeah. like, no one wants to hear that, but it's true. It's all ego, ego, ego. It's like yeah. fucking all your ego. Just let it feel die. better. Are you learning? Great. We're all learning. We're all doing the best we can. And I think at the end of the day, right now in this fucking weird world, we're all doing the best we can. That's all I keep telling people because that's all that's happening. But it's true. And it's really true. Everyone's doing the best they can. And you know, I know people that have kids. I don't know how they freaking do it. Oh my God. I, Listen. I, they deserve every medal on the planet. 
<laughs> I'm I a mean, single gay guy in New York City. It's like I have nothing to say. Yeah, we are surviving. That's what's ha- all we can do. <laughs> I'm. I'm. You know, if you would have looked at me two years ago and said, you know, you're going to do a podcast, I, I, four weeks ago, I said no way. Like yeah. I'm still thinking my voice is annoying and nobody needs another podcast. But right now, people do. There are lots of annoying voices, and your voice is not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, always, I always heard myself as the Fran Drescher of... Uh, well, I get but, compared to Fran Drescher's mother when I'm in drag, so there's that. Sweet. <laughs> Perfect. Let's go, let's go on the road when we oh, get out girl, of the car. We can. I'll be there. Maybe in a horse-drawn carriage, but I'll be there. Okay. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> All right. So are you ready for these lightning round questions? I'm yes, trying I, to- I didn't look at them. I didn't want to, by the way, because I want to be surprised. Uh, yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm trying to give my inner James Lipton because I just oh, love- Oh, James Lipton. Rest in peace. Yeah. And by the way, can I, can I give a, a, a little- Someone passed away last night. Can I say from oh, COVID? Yeah. So uh, I, I promise this will be a small detour, even for me. Oh. I'm not going to go into Rolling Hill thing. Um, about uh, two months ago, a very dear friend of mine um, connected me with Wynn Hanman, who is a very famous acting uh, coach here in New York City. Yeah, I've heard the name. He said he was Sanford Meisner, the Meisner. And wow. he, his legacy is tremendous. You know, Eric Bogosian, uh, um, uh, um, John Leguizamo, uh, Jessica Tandy, all these famous people. Right. And, you know, for years and years, I wanted to work as a professional actor, but I didn't have the wherewithal because of the depression, anxiety, the abuse. It really fucked me up. So I started this work, which I realized I had a gift to help people. And it helped me get my shit together finally, right? Because if I would have done it before, I would have been a drug addict strung out in Sunset. So I did right. So I thought, you know what? I'm 55. If it's going to happen, I got to make it happen somehow, but I don't know if I should, right? But I always felt that it was there. So I met with Wynn, and I met with him uh, two months ago. And he mm-hmm. said, okay, I'm going to give you this monologue. No pressure, but it was done by someone very famous. Just do better. And I was <laughs> like, oh, my God. So of course, Oh, yeah. So I had the shits. IBS acted up. You know, a <laughs> couple panic attacks, you know. Um, of course. And I went in and did the piece and he just stared at me and he's like, okay, I want you to do it again. And I knew something had happened when I did it. For the first time I dropped into my emotions, but I didn't feel lost. I didn't feel like they would carry me away, which they always have. And uh, I knew something had happened in the room for the first time I thought. And I said, why should I do it again? And I'm when my head's thinking, I fucked it up. I should, you know, this didn't, you know, he's like, I just want to, I just want to enjoy watching you do it again. Because mm-hmm. that's what Joel Gray used to do, that monologue. And, and I think you actually are on par with him. So let's do it again. Mm, I now, love that. that's not ego. That's me needing right, to hear from right. someone very uh, authentic that what I was doing was real, that I could add something back to the world through that art form, right? Right. Um, so I went to a couple more classes with him in the last one of the March 6th. And then the next day I got a notice from Billy who works with him. Billy Lyons, amazing guy. And he said, you know, due to COVID and all that stuff, we're going to go ahead and just hold off because, you know, wind's 97. We don't want anything to happen. 97. And 97, 97. That, well, because he's wow. from the Sanford Meisner of the 60s, you know. Wow. So I'm, I'm thinking, can't wait till we start up again in June or something. And I, I, he lit this fire that I knew that I actually am ready to do what I've always felt my life work was about. But I had to wait all these years to kind of get it together to do this, right? I found out last night that he died from COVID. Fuck. Oh. 
And that's horrible. And the last class they said online was March 6th. So I was in the last class that he ever taught. And so he was the kindest, most gentle, caring, loving, all about what can I do to help you? Um, mm. Generous spirit I've met. So I just had to, I just found out from a friend of mine in London. She just told me. So mm. I just had to put that on here to say yeah. that this beautiful man who changed so You didn't even lives. know he was sick? No, no one knew. It was very quiet for a while. And then it was on um, Broadway.com or maybe maybe uh, Hollywood Reporter today. And someone forwarded it to me. And that's and then my friend mm. in the UK told me, yeah. So, yeah, so. yeah. And I think that's the saddest part is that there's a lot of people that have been um, – afflicted with it been diagnosed and then are passing away and weren't we're not hearing about it that yeah there's a lot if i i if they hadn't told me it wasn't in the news because he wasn't like right he wasn't you know bless him rita and tom hanks not that big in the zeitgeist at the moment but someone who was obviously you know a huge huge force in american theater and for actors he was just kind but also really good you know yeah. So I had to put that in there because I just found well, out. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah and you're right. Because, and you're right because right now the people getting the spotlight are, you know, the Tom Hanks, Rita. You know oh, what yeah, I mean? It's it, great. They should. They're wondering her, 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 her uh, Instagram video. Oh my god! Oh my god! Also, <laughs> also, where did I had no idea they had a child named Chet? What? Oh yeah, I knew that. You didn't know that? Oh yeah. I don't think he can works much, but I knew it somewhere. Is he the tatted, he's the tatted dude, right? He's have Hot. you not seen him go <laughs> yeah. viral since his dad got sick? No. I was oh my god, oh my god. He is his he is the best thing that ever happened. He is better than Forrest Gump than happened to Tom Hanks. Really? He, he went on when his dad was diagnosed, he went on this Twitter look up Twitter videos of him. I'm surprised I haven't he's seen this. Oh, oh, I have seen this. He was great. And I remember thinking, you're related to Tom Hanks? Calling his dad Illuminati, or yeah. you guys think he's Illuminati. You know what you're talking about? Like, I was like, what? You guys are hiding him? What's happening? He is the best thing ever. He literally has an Illuminati tattoo on his neck. Like, what? Sick. That's sick. I didn't know. I didn't. I, I was like, briefly. my best yeah. friend. Yeah. <laughs> well, you need to have an interview, girl. We need to what? work your connections to get an interview with him. Have a podcast. Oh, oh, with him. I'm, I'm there. I'm yeah, so yeah, there. Yeah. Like, I will skip the interview with Tom Hanks and just go straight to Chet. <laughs> fine. Totally fine. I'm there. <laughs> okay. I need to know these lightning round questions for you. I'm dying to know. Okay. Mm, I didn't. First, no, this is rehearsed. I swear, everybody. Good. What is your favorite swear word? Motherfucker. Yes. Powerful. Yeah. Motherfucker, too. Motherfucker. Yep. I love I, I like, love that. I like the other words that describes my mother, but that's probably too crass for podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, okay. So everybody has their own self-care go-tos right now. Do you have a, either a book or some music that you're listening to or a movie that is your go-to when you're feeling like angsty or in need of something? Yeah. The, the dude that always sort of calls me down, even though I wish he would drink some coffee, I think uh, Eckhart Tolle is pretty awesome. And I think yeah. listen to that dude talk. He he pretty much knows the whole deal. I think he gets it through and through. So I dig him. I just wish he'd have an espresso. Um, and then <laughs> the movies that that make me happy are really uh, my favorite kind of movies during this time are any Judd Apatow, any Seth Rogen. I tend to follow in that highbrow world. So if I see like a dodgeball or Blades of Glory or 
I'm there. Like you wouldn't believe stink on shake clueless 16 candles, that sort of old school stuff. Um, yeah, I yeah. tend to stay away from the heavier stuff right now. You know what I, I watched rewatched recently of Judd Apatow's was, uh, this is 40. It's a great movie. It's such a great movie. Well, as a, in my mid forties, I was like, Oh, this is so real. Like it was so <laughs> yeah. great. But yeah, his comedy does help kind of relieve the stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This one's hard. You're going to have to think for a minute. I need you to name three influential people who have inspired you to be who you are today, who are not white, cis, straight men. Maya Angelou. Yes. Good answer. She, she got me through the darkest times of my life. Uh, James Baldwin. Uh, Giovanni's mm. Room, I think, was uh, probably the work that I realized this is what true art can really, really do. Um, and... Uh, oh my God, I'm not going to say it. Well, okay, fine. I used to dress as Pocahontas when I was in high school, and I got made fun of so much because I thought she was trailblazing, and I really liked her hair, and I thought that she told the men what to do, so I wanted to be Pocahontas, and no one got it except for one guy at school. He was so hot. And um, yeah, that was it. And she was definitely not a cis white man. <laughs> Welcome to life in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> There's so much to unpack there, Michael. I have no idea. There's so much to pack from the unpacking with me. I've been there, done it. You know, this is what people will miss when they don't watch the video versions of my podcast. It's <laughs> like my, my winces and my... like. It's perfect. It's perfect. And my name, my, my name, by the way, was Polka Hooters because I had giant I breasts. Am so done with you. I'm done. <laughs> fired. So fired. Okay. <laughs> okay, your last one. Let's make it serious again. Oh. Hmm. If you could have lunch with your younger self, hmm. what would you tell them? And about what age would you be? And more importantly, what would you eat? I would be eight. Eight. And I would say to myself. You're never going to fit in hmm. and you're not supposed to and don't try to, and that's okay. Hmm. So important. And we'd have a hamburger, French fries and a chocolate shake. Yes. From where? Um, from uh, Dick's. Yes. That's what oh I was my, hoping. Oh my gosh. That takes, that Do you was, miss it? that's amazing. That in Red Robin. Yeah. I, oh my God. Don't put those in the same sentence. Are I'm you sorry. kidding? I know Dix. I'm sorry. Up on Capitol Hill. I know. I used to go there uh, all the time. Yeah. With my dad. We'd go there all the time. I've been actually craving it uh, in this lockdown. I've been trying to be really good and not hurt my stomach and not eat bad. But man, oh, I'm take, craving some, Take some enzymes. <laughs> <laughs> I do that. Take some enzymes and some, you know, processed non meat substance. Right? Mm, yeah. Nice, those overly processed Beyond Meat. It's really good. I don't care. Oh, I love Beyond Meat. I I make right? that, I That's my uh, ground beef now with, uh, yeah. you know, a little bit of a taco sauce. And yeah. Then, um, people are like, it's overly processed. I'm like, so is everything we eat. At exactly. least it's not cannibal. Like, it, come on. You no, know, my doctor, he said to me, he's like, that's good that you're eating that. He goes, your blood works great. Well, last time I went, yeah, he's like, I can not tell you not. Soy. It's not, yeah. So it's not great. soy. That's the trick. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't need any more estrogen. We're good. Neither do I. I got little titties as it is. <laughs> <laughs> Sports well, ball when I jump up and down. I, I'm excited to talk to you further, um, maybe for another episode, maybe just in life. Maybe we'll have a, a hangout and have some wine. Um, I'll, 
on your your podcast and what you've done and talking around gender in general, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. a whole other thing that I'd love to discuss. And well, I yeah. want you to tell people how to find you about your podcast, yeah. all your online stuff. That's what this space is for right now. Okay. Yeah, the gender, we'll get into that at some point because I've sort of lived in that world of, I mean, I'm very much a man with a penis, but also I very much feel um, like I've always lived in that middle ground. And that's mm-hmm. why I've never really fit in some ways, you know, either too gay or not gay, too butch, not butch. I never knew what to do. And I have a lot of friends who are trans and it's just sort of not a thing to me, but I forget it's a thing for a lot of people. And I right. forget that sometimes. It, it's the ultimate button pusher. Yeah. And like, I'm, I'm in that space of middle ground of fluidity as well. And I'm yeah. kind of exploring it and learning where I need to be or nice. maybe creating my own space because... Um, you know, I, I'm very femme facing, but I have very masculine underbelly and tendencies that I love and I love exploring him and I love, you know, being, but I, but I love both, you know, and it just depends on the day who you get. You know, what's great about that is you really do understand the yin yang. You do get the intuitive and the intellectual, you get the mixture of the receiving, right? So you really are in that beautiful place where you can be a conduit for the totality of what a human being is, right? That's what, that's what I love about all that. Yeah. I've always been kind of mixed in all that stuff myself. So yeah, we're just creating a new lane. That's all. So tell me how people can find you online. Um, michaelcbryan.com. I was looking at that Muppet. What's that Muppet? I'm just like, the video in this is going to be priceless. <laughs> so great. Um, so michaelcbryan.com is where they'll see the acting and the writing. Um, Brian with a Y. Yeah, B-R-Y-A-N-M-I-C-H-A-E-L-C-B-R-Y-A-N.com. Uh, MCB Happier, M as in Mary, C as in Cat, B as in Boy, Happier.com uh, is for the mentoring stuff. And then on uh, Instagram, you can find me at MCB Happier and uh, Mikey C. Brian. Same thing with Twitter. I know I'm going to soon do TikTok. I'm a whore about being sold on social media for fun, so I'm probably going to be in there soon. And on Facebook, you can always still find me, michaelcbryan.com, also MCB Happier, also Michael C. Bryan. Wow. That's a lot of places. Um, thank you for being here. It's very kind of you to have me. Thank you so much. Yeah. And, uh, I'm excited to see what happens with all of this. I feel like us earthies are going to come out and with, with guns blazing, not metaphorically, um, and just be ready for this new, this new world. I'm excited. It's going to be a, my theory is, and then I'll stop the, the, theory is we're all going to come out of this extremely aware, extremely receptive. We're going to be very intuitive and we're going to be able to sniff out bullshit faster than we could before. So anybody that thinks they're going to be an opportunist and look at people as a means to an end coming up, you're in for a really big surprise. We're going to want you to be rapidly authentic. We're going to be able to tell if you're not, don't tell us something you think we want to hear. And we want to see the totality of you, not the parts that you think we want to see. That's what I think is going to happen. And that is the tea, my friends. I am ready for that. Thank you again for being here. That was serious saying goodbye. (laughs) Thanks for joining us for this conversation as part of our Face to Faces series. We hope you'll join and support the Faces of Fortitude community on Instagram at Faces of Fortitude, on Facebook at Faces of Fortitude Portraits, and on Twitter as myself, Mary Angela Abeo. If you'd like to become a face in the project or join me in conversation on the podcast, or maybe you have an idea for a topic we should explore or a person 
we should interview, please contact us at booking at facesoffortitude.com. And until next time, please have extra patience and kindness for yourself and others.